Hello and welcome in to the Sora Data Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdinho on SoRare, joined as always on this Friday by Sean Newsham, PSU fans too. We are changing up the topic a little bit this week. Um, we had this idea, we were gonna do it last week, but it felt a little rushed, so we're gonna do it this week. But we are going to try to build a 5 ETH gallery from scratch today. And Sean and I have like talked a little bit about it, but we really are going in pretty much from scratch. And so, Sean, like I said, we were talking a little bit about it. I think this is going to be a little harder than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to be uh, a little bit more difficult than we anticipated. We're just going to have to make adjustments. Like I, the, the plan for us today is uh, I know Laird's talked a lot about himself recently, uh, me, myself and Laird. Uh, so we're, we're trying to, to do a more open show this week where we talk about uh, building a pure gallery. Other so people, people yeah. that are on a smaller budget can uh, gain a lot out of it. So the plan for us was sort of to go into this without having um, much preparation because we want to sort of plan it how we would do it if, if we were looking at things for the first time too. Now, granted, obviously, we're going to have our, our knowledge with what we've seen with players who we're familiar with um, and stuff like that. So we're going to use that, but we're going to pretty much start from ground zero. We're going to make adjustments as we go. We're going to probably put people in and then remove them at a later time as well. Yeah, like basically that's kind of how we wanted to build it. We didn't want to do too much ahead of time because it just didn't seem like it was all that helpful if we were like, oh, well, we did this and then we noticed this. And so we had to change it. Like we'd actually like to show you guys how how we would go about doing this. And particularly, we're going to spend pretty much the entire time on solar data. So it's going to be a little bit more of a visual uh, episode today, probably. So we'll try to detail as much as we can uh, for those listening to the audio version of this podcast. But uh, so pretty much the only thing that Sean and I really discussed was how much, well, like basically where we were going to target. We wanted to be very specific here that building a five ETH gallery uh, on today on, which is uh, March 11th, 2022, is different. Like the strategies that you would take to build a gallery are going to be different on March 11th, as opposed to June 11th, as opposed to September 11th and December 11th. Like the time of year really matters because of the schedule that uh, all of these uh, soccer leagues use. And so we're probably not diving much into Europe, you'll notice today, because those seasons uh, are getting close to finishing and we're getting, you know, we're obviously right in the beginning of uh, MLS and J League and K Leagues and League MX, all the America, other America leagues. So uh, it's going to be heavy on that kind of information because if we are starting today and we want to play SO5, and that's kind of the point, Sean and I think playing SO5 is the best way to kind of grow the value of your galleries, then these are kind of the players that we have to go for. Yeah. And so a couple of the notes for today. Uh, first of all, like, I think this is very helpful for anyone with like, 20 gallery like you can pick a lot of stuff out of this that would be helpful for you too because i think at that point you're going to be obviously a bigger gallery but you're still going to be, be building some depth uh you might be at a slightly different stage than what this gallery would be at but same sort of theory behind it and then what we're going to do with pricing uh we're going to try to be realistic so if a floor price is 0.2 but we're pretty sure we could get the card for let's say 0.175 that's going to be what price we're going to use similarly if we think the card is 0.2 ETH and it's listed at 0.2 ETH, we're going to say it's going to be 0.2 ETH. So we're going to try to be realistic with those things as well. Um, and then we're going to, like I said, we're going to move things in and out. Uh, we're going to 
work our way through things and sort of build as we go, which will also involve removing cards as we go uh, because we realize we don't have the funds to have all of the cards. Right. Yeah. That, that was one of the things that when we started briefly looking, it was kind of like less that cards were more expensive than we thought they were. Uh, and granted, like Sean and I are obviously not in the starting from scratch phase of our own galleries. And so uh, there's some player, you know, basically a lot of the players that we're looking for today are not necessarily ones that we would be purchasing uh, ourselves for our galleries just because of where we are on the platform. But I think there's just a lot of strategies uh, that we implement in our own um, in our own SO5 gallery or our own Soria galleries that are beneficial for others. And so um, we wanted to talk about that. This is also not going to be a one-time thing. It's not going to be an every week thing, but we're going to try to do these types of shows if this turns out to not be a disaster. Um, then, you know, we're going to do different budgets and different times of the year so that, uh, you know, you can go back, but there's a lot of the strategies we use today are, are going to be used in future ones. It's just the numbers are going to be a little different or maybe the players are because of the time of year. So Sean, you have the Sora data website open and obviously it shows the next auctions with a bunch of limited cards. Tell everyone how many limited cards we plan on buying today. Zero. Uh, won't consider any uh, reasons for it from my perspective, and then I'll let Laird give his because he has dabbled a bit more in the limited uh, way of things than I have. So I will say, if you want to be a trader, uh, th this show is going to be purely based on like we're trying to compete in SO5 and we're trying to generate from an SO5 perspective. If you're trading cards, I think limited is the best place to go. It's the most liquid and you can find cards uh, in the limited variety that maybe will two or three X if you get the right situation. Now I've had uh, trades that have been successful in the limited variety. I've also had trades that have failed in the limited variety. So uh, this isn't going to be a trader show. And for us, from our perspective, we both, I view limiteds as uh, the cheap entry point, which is good. There's going to be a cheap entry point. And at some point they're going to turn into like a middle tier entry point when we get to a new scarcity level. But I think eventually you're going to get priced out of rares, super rares, uniques. Uh, you, and if you're getting a five ETH gallery, you're likely already priced out of uniques and most super rares. So if we go in and we're just buying limiteds here now, we're, we have no chance to progress to division three ever realistically, because we just aren't going to have the funds to move to division four, which is for a gallery of this size, the most important, uh, getting a 0.02 ETH threshold and 0.01 ETH threshold is the most important thing, which we'll talk about as we go. And also like your ability to progress to division three is valuable and viable via this strategy. Whereas if you're strictly buying a limiteds, you are going to sort of strap yourself and you have no ability to move up because the limited cards cannot be used in any other division. Whereas rares can be used in division three, two, and four. So uh, that's why I think that limiteds are not the way you go if you're building a smaller gallery. Uh, Laird, what do you think in the limited market as well since you've dabbled more there than I have? Yeah, I think the time of year is the reason why I didn't push buying limiteds. Like, I don't necessarily think buying limiteds is bad as, at this budget, but given where we are right now, the European seasons uh, have, or the, excuse me, the European leagues have, let's call it 10 to 12 games left. Uh, and then the summer break. And I think the difficulty with starting now and buying limiteds is that the t the star tier and T 
tier one limited upside in America and Asia is just not nearly as high in terms of selling them for profit for you know good gains than it is getting the European ones. And so if you can start winning limited rewards immediately, then that's fine for 10 game weeks. And then you're kind of dead if you focus exclusively on Europe or heavily on Europe. And it's not five ETH gallery is not enough to or five ETH budget, excuse me, is not enough to get kind of dominant limited teams and still be able to compete enough in rare to set you up to progress to rare pro which Sean keeps calling D4 and D3. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> it's such a better name. It is such a better name than what it is now. Regardless. Um, but but basically, that's the reason that, like, I didn't feel like it was necessary to push limited now. Like, if this was July or August, I, I would feel differently. Uh, it would also give us kind of a better idea of where the number of uh, cards that they've been selling that we get to like we're still kind of in the low hundreds now of the thousand that they can print for that they can mint for limited cards and basically winning a star limited card in june is not nearly as valuable as winning a star limited in october and so because of the time frame where we are um ideally we can turn this five ETH gallery into more and then you could still you know if you want to get into limiteds when the star cards are more valuable, then you can do that. But basically at this point in time, it just doesn't seem like there's enough short-term upside in limiteds based on our gallery size, as opposed to just investing in rares. So that was it. So apologies for everybody who wanted to come in thinking they were getting limiteds. <laughs> exactly. And some note, yeah, this is not gonna be a limited show uh, for the reasons Laird talked about. Not saying down the road that limiteds might not be an option or a path you go down, but I don't think it is at this stage. Um, and, and I like realistically, I just don't view limiteds as the best options that you could spend your uh, funds on at the moment. So, anyways, going into things, uh, we're going to first of all. I know you talked about Challenger Europe and you Champ Europe in general, and how we're not going to be going to Europe. How much consideration would we be giving to Champ Europe in the event this was in June? None. None. There would not be. So this is a, a big mistake that people make. Uh, if you are buying Champ Europe cards, your gallery should be probably 50 to 100 ETH gallery. Uh, if you if you want to play SO5. The reason for this is you're just not going to be competitive on a small budget. And your cards are just not going to be good enough on that budget. So you're going to pay a lot more for a lot worse cards than you can get elsewhere. So in general, like speaking, if, if our gallery was like, a, if we were doing a 50 ETH gallery budget here, which... I believe we hopefully would want to do, I think Laird talked about it. I think we would maybe like to do this maybe once a month and have different budgets. Like we would do like a 50 ETH gallery, 100 ETH gallery, 250 ETH gallery, maybe even a one ETH gallery that will take us uh, a little bit of time instead of a full show to do. So that's what we're thoughts on Europe. We would look more at the challenger. So I guess the first thing to do is commons. So when you're setting up your account, you get packs of commons based on what your favorite teams are. This might be different than what our strategy is going to be going forward, but what would you recommend setting your teams for that? And why are you setting that uh, as your teams? Yeah, so it it's a, a little weird. I'm actually going to address a question first from Mike Basson, who was asking if an additional count has been set up for this project. Sean and I talked about it, and the answer is no. We did not set up another account for this because one of us cannot run two accounts. And, and we also would like to say that we would love to. We would, we would love, love to, to have a sober data 
road to glory account where we can sort of track how it does, but we decided it was not in anyone's best interest to do that. Correct. Right. So to be clear, no, so that, I mean, think of that however you want, but like we are going to talk about specific cards that we would buy based off of the prices that we're going to see in the market. We are not buying these cards. We're not telling everybody else to buy these cards, but that's Sean's pump of the week. We'll come at another time. Don't worry. But, um, so I want to be very clear about that first. This is just like what we would do. So there's no reason to uh, necessarily just trail it just because. Anyway, so I don't even remember what I was saying, what the question was. Oh, the comments. Yes. So it's set up very much like who are your favorite teams? And never pick your favorite teams unless your favorite teams are like the best teams, which I guess is, is theoretically possible. But what we want to do is be able to get good commons are really just a good common goalkeeper for our all-star rare uh, team, which we would like to build that competes for cards, but is more, it's really for threshold. And so if that's the case, then you want to pick kind of the best teams from America and Asia, uh, because those are the ones that are going to be more helpful throughout the summer. And Sean, I, before I jump in, like, Brazil obviously doesn't start for another month or so. We know how good Minero was. Everson is their goalkeeper. Would you consider uh, a Minero as one of your favorite teams, or do you go with like River Plate, or do you go with MLS, somebody in MLS, or do you go with uh, Yokohama Marinos? Like, where would you think you'd go? So realistically speaking, uh, which we'll talk about as we go, we're going to want to centralize and focus on certain leagues. I do think going with Monero does make some sense. However, I think another idea you want to do here is this will go in the future, maybe not what we're doing today. You're going to want a U23. So I think you're going to want to either make like Shonan Belmar a option or i think you're going to want like chicago fire as an option or one of those teams what do you think on that <laughs> the idea of a chicago choosing chicago fire is crazy but um it makes sense uh that being said i'm just not sure the viability of like entering u23 teams with a common is worth it and i think we also want to be clear that this plan is not to use a common goalkeeper in every region we enter. Like we are budgeting for rare goalkeepers, but at least an all-star rare where we have the threshold, we may be able to, to save a little bit there with the goalkeeper. But I don't know. I, I think I'm more willing to try to go with Marinos or Minero or River Plate or even the Seattle Sounders to get Fry like I, I would rather a goalie who's more likely to get 60 to then turn into 30 as opposed to just because he's young and can help us get into U23. That's all. Yeah, I think what I would do is I would choose one. I would probably choose like Marinos. I'd probably choose Yokohama off Marinos and get Takawaka. And then I would probably choose a U23 goalie. Um, and I would probably choose an American one. So I'd probably go with like Chicago Fire. The reason for that is I Vancouver, do agree. Vancouver, also an option. Or, or Vancouver. Yeah, I think Vancouver's a to Vancouver might be the best option because I don't think Hazel leaves where Slonina might leave. So the, the idea isn't to definitively be able to use one of U23, but I want that option in the event that we get there eventually. Um, and JMO10 talked about thresholds disappearing stuff. We don't know what they're going to do. So this is, uh, we're going to plan on what things are like today, but they could change. Do you agree with that, Larry?
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think the, I mean, end of March, which is this current month is when we were supposed to get updates on something. I can't even keep track of what is supposed to be announced this month, but I wouldn't expect them to make any changes that are effective before the next European season. So we'd still have all summer to theoretically collect thresholds um, in order to get us to um, to the fall. So I'm, I'm acting as if it's staying for now. And frankly, whatever comes from, you know, comes out of or whatever the threshold turns into, I think it will still be set up competitively because I don't think it, I don't think they will make such a drastic change that people who have built threshold teams are now like, you know, dead in the water for whatever they want to do next. Yeah, I agree with that. So another thing that I think people make a major mistake in doing when creating galleries or creating teams on a budget is they don't prioritize one league. And Laird, why don't you talk a little bit about why prioritizing within leagues is an important factor? Yeah, so we we kind of briefly talked about stacking, like you and I before this, and like whether we should stack. And like that's a popular strategy that a lot of people use. We've talked about it a bunch. And we kind of like decided that stacking doesn't isn't required. Like you don't have to have three or four or five guys from the same team, but having three or, four, or basically having all of your guys from the same league ensures as much as you can that they all play around the same time. Um, because, uh, you know, we do get some midweek fixtures from MLS and K league and J league, but like, you know, the whole league doesn't always play, but like, you know, that, on an MLS weekend, if you have all MLS cards, then they're going to play. And sometimes if you, you know, if you're starting to mix where you have guys from Major League Soccer, some from Liga MX, some from Argentina Superliga, like they may not always play. And the last thing you want to do is have a bunch of cards that don't make up a lineup. And so, as Josh said in chat here, there are just fewer dead game weeks if you have all players from the same league. And I'm talking about the same region. Like this isn't a you know, let, let me get everybody from the America region for my all-star team. Like we actually mean specific domestic league. If you have five guys from the same league, there's a very high chance that they're all going to play at the same time. And as we've all learned, like having players that play is the most important thing on Sora. Exactly. And, and speaking of that, like we're not going to fully do that if it makes sense to go outside the budget to do so. But like Laird talked about, like you buy Mexican league players versus MLS players and the Mexican league sits and doesn't play in June at all. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you just can't build lineups in June because of that. That's not what you're going for with the gallery of this size. Right. So that's not where we're going to go. So from a perspective of how we're going to build today, I, I think we both agree that we want to look at America precisely MLS and Asia with, Japan being the focus. The reason for these two, uh, one, for both of us, we're most familiar with these two leagues. Uh, Korea is a bit more of an issue for me finding news. Also finding um, people just leave in Korea and you just don't get it. It happens in all the leagues, but it's just difficult for me to find Korean. And the Japanese players are typically a little bit cheaper. And then uh, MLS, we are both very familiar with the MLS. Like you want to look at the Mexican league or you want to look at the Brazilian league, you can. However, there's very few teams in those leagues that are one covered, not all teams are covered. And two, there's like a clear best team in Brazil and that's Minero. Well, if you get MLS guys, you get about a month and a half where they're not playing. 
So it gives you ability to get rewards in when Monero guys aren't playing and just smacking out uh, the players as well. So the idea with what you're trying to generate in rewards is you're trying to generate thresholds and you're trying to generate some cards, whether it be tier two, tier three, tier ones. You're going to get cards via the strategy if you do things right. The biggest mistake people make are one, separating leagues, and then two, getting people that don't play. The number one most important statistic is does your guy play every game? If he plays every single game, you're never dead. Yeah. So people will buy guys that have these big spike weeks, but then sit and don't play and then sub in. Uh, and they're just not guys you necessarily want. And obviously that's going to come with the territory of a smaller gallery and smaller budget. But Lair, don't you see people that play every game and put up like 50s uh, in general? Yeah, for sure. I, I think... It, it's funny because it, it runs counter to the way that I th think a lot of people look at budgets and whatnot, where they're like, I have a smaller budget, so I should take like bigger risks in terms of guys who play because like when they hit, it really pays off. The problem is, is that when they hit, you have to also hope that all of your other guys hit. And for most game weeks, like you're dead. It's like if you're looking at a score chart, and you're like, man, this guy, you know, scores really well when he plays, but he only plays every fifth game. Well, then you know that four of your five game weeks are dead and you you have a better shot in that fifth game week, but it's just not good enough necessarily. So like we, we will definitely focus on players who play all the time um, just because like you said, like if they're playing all the time, then you have a chance. And if guys are not playing, you're, you're basically out of it. It's, it's almost impossible to win rewards with four players in your lineup other than some, you know, these random midweeks that don't have any matches, but Focus on guys who play. That's exactly. It. And speaking, like if you get five guys with like a 50 average and the goalie gets a clean sheet and another guy scores and gets 80 on a week, you're going to get a card. And, and you're not asking for that much in that situation. Yep. So I, I think that's the key. Uh, Chris, Challenger Europe, uh, the reason we're not talking about Challenger is because they're going on break. Uh, yes, we would be talking about them more so if it was a different time of the year, but you don't really want to be throwing funds into challenger right now and then sit here for the next three and a half months not being able to play. Uh, so that's why we're focusing on Asian America. In general, I think Asian America are better than challenger anyways, because you will generally find players that are a bit cheaper in those regions regardless. But all right, so we're going to hop into it now. I think we've gone over some like basics of like what yep. we're thinking about. So first thing I think we want to start with, and we did a brief look through, I think we spent like 20 minutes looking through and pricing in Asia is going to be a little bit tighter and more difficult than that in America. So I think we want to start with America to see what we want to do. And generally speaking, we're going to start at goalie because that's where the most funds are going to be. And then also if we choose a goalie, it gives us the ability to maybe stack with him depending on what we're seeing at defense. So we're going to use Sober Day to do this. Um, I'm going to go through things and I'm going to uh, – we're sharing my screen, so I'll go faster maybe than usual. So you'll just have to try to keep up with what we're doing. So we're going to go to America. <laughs> I'm lowering the minimum games from seven of the last 15 to three, just because if someone didn't play at the end of last year, maybe they missed a game. Uh, maybe they were injured and they wouldn't show up. So I just want to give the most amount of people possible uh, to show up. And then what we're going to do is we are going to filter with that. We are going to show the price. And then we are going to sort from an L40 perspective. Uh, the reason we're going to do that is we always want to look at things from an L40 perspective because that shows the long-term consistency. For example, Earl Edwards has been 
okay, really good even for New England. Yeah. Well, he's played three games and he's not a long-term starter. Uh, it doesn't matter as much with goalie because we just want guys that are starting now and that are going to be goalies. Whereas when we get to other positions, we want guys that are playing like 100% of games and L40s that are still playing. So anyway, speaking through goalies, like another thing you're going to notice, we are not looking in this uh, drill for people like Slonina, people like Everson. You're looking for people that play every game. That's it. That obviously score the better they can score is great. But realistically speaking, you're looking for guys that are going to play every game and you're not going to have to be worried about that. So you're going to generally scroll down a bit. And what we're looking for in the range is you generally are going to try to find out what price points goalies are at in like America. So like, for example, we're going to see, um, and we're talking normal goalies. We're talking goalies that are not U23 and not like super duper smash goalies. So like we're going to see Sean Johnson here at 0.991, uh, Joe Willis at 0.65. So, and we see Hamid at like 0.65 as well. So we're knowing that the price range in America is probably going to be around like 0.6 to 0.7 for a lot of goalies. And we want to go under that. So uh, you see Steve Clark here is going to be at 0.58. So that's a little bit under it. So do you want to talk about Tyler Miller? Because I know that's someone you were looking at as an option here. Hardly looking at. I happen to own Tyler Miller. So I'll say that uh, right off the bat. But yeah, I think we, I mean, we talked about it literally last week about how dumb goalkeeper is and one of the things that i always liked that uh, quinny has said on so many of his videos is that just like buying goalie is like your entry into these contests and so what we want to do you obviously don't necessarily want to pick up like the goalie from the worst team in the league but if they happen to play every game and maybe they have a good all-around score like it's not a terrible idea miller is not one of those not one of the worst teams in the league although minnesota is not fantastic but like if you can just get like a middle of the road player like Miller, um, who is less than half of Sean Johnson, who's like one of the upper tier goalies, like I think being able to fill in goalkeeper, at least on a more affordable scale like that, Clark is another one, although Houston's pretty bad, but I think it being able to have somebody who always plays is just key. And if you, if it's a five to eight point difference between a guy who is literally double the price, then that seems like a pretty good value. Exactly. And, and looking like you look at Tyler Miller versus Sean Johnson, there's a two point difference in L40. Mm -hmm. I don't want to pay double the price for a two point difference in L40. So right. um, I think some of the goalies we're looking at here, and then we'll pick a couple uh, once we go through is Tyler Miller's an option. Um, now, generally speaking, when we go for people like this, you want the younger, the better typically, um, now that said, there are generally older players that will provide value, which maybe we will be buying some older players for that reason. But typically, the younger, the better. You want people that really don't have a question as to whether they're starting or not. So like, for example, Tyler Miller is the unquestioned starter right now. However, Dane Sinclair is there to back him up. So you have to decide, do I want to deal with Dane Sinclair possibly backing him up and starting? Because if that happens, it's incredibly detrimental. Um, so anyways, I think you have Tyler Miller as an option. You scroll a bit lower here. And like, for example, you can see Gillespie is 0.8-ish as an average. And that's just not someone we're interested in uh, for that reason. Um, I think right, like, like we'd be interested in him, but sure. at 0.8, it doesn't, it doesn't fly. The, the base with the midweek there, there's 
I'm not going to worry about midweeks. I'm not going to worry about getting guys to play for Manchester City and playing the midweek. I'm, there are some midweeks that will happen in the MLS uh, naturally, but like generally speaking, people that are playing midweeks consistently are people on good teams, which therefore means their prices are going to price you out of getting them. Like I would love to have Carlos Gill in this team, but if we have Carlos Gill in this team, this is going to be a very short video and it's not going to be a super productive video as well because you're just going to have like two players. Um, I think that Tim Malia is a good option. Uh, now he does have John Polskamp behind him. So he is a guy that is going to have a little bit of question marks behind him. I think Eloy Room is a great option. I think JT Marcinkowski is a good option. Um, I think that those are probably the guys that we're going to be targeting here. Um, because I think that these are some of the best options. I think Maxime Crepeau is a good option as well. A little bit more than the other ones. So do you see anyone else that you want to bring in for us to talk about as an option here? The only two that I thought, one was Brad Guzan, who kind of has the same thing as Melia, less that he has somebody behind him and more that he's just old. Correct. And so you're probably not getting multiple years of utility out of him. I don't think we're necessarily thinking about multiple years of utility, but... We are. We, the, we you, want you as much to, utility yeah. as possible. Yep. And the other one is... And I will say that I own this guy, so take that with however much salt you want. But Aljaz Ivicic from Portland seems to be the starter now. His floor right now is 0.44. And Portland's not bad, so I think he's fine as well. Yeah, and he doesn't even show up in this. So, like, that, I mean, that's a good point because, like, he didn't show up because I don't think he started except for two of the last 40, right? Yep. And he's not even showing up anyways. Let's look him up. Uh, so, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think Ivasic is a great example. It seems like he's pretty clearly the starter there now, and he's got a really good price point at a pretty decent age. So I think what we're going to look for here is we want two of the goalies from America. So I, I think that for me, we want one of the cheaper options, which would be Ivasic, Guzan, and Malia. And I would probably lean towards Guzan or Ivasic. Would you agree? Yep. All right. So I, I'm cool with whatever one you want to pick. Which one are you going with? Uh, let's go with the just the younger guy. Okay. So we're going to go with Ivasic. Right. All right. So we're going to say, let's look at what Ivasic price points is. So his floor is 0.44. He sold for about 0.41. I think 0.41 is probably a reasonable amount. So we're going to call Ivasic 0.41 uh, for this buy. All right. And then I think we probably want... For me, one of Eloy Room or one of Marcinkowski. Um, I know we both think that um, that we both have room. We both have room. I have Marcinkowski. I think that Marcinkowski is nice because he's younger and mm -hmm. he does have spike games because of how um, San Jose plays. So yeah, that's I'm fair. probably leaning Marcinkowski due to his age instead of Room. What do you think on that? I think that makes plenty of sense. I think Room also only has one year left on his contract anyway. Correct. But yeah, Marcinkowski is uh, – yeah, I think the, the difference is what you said. Like, I think Room is more consistent, but yeah. Marcinkowski is going to have, like, these spike games that Room tends not That's to. Correct. Like, you look through Marcinkowski's log, like, he had 58 and gave up three goals. Like, you don't get that with other people. Um, and you see a lot of games where he has great all-around. Like, you see – 21, 43, 27, 30. Like these are some really strong all around games. So like 
hypothetically speaking, he can help you spike and he's going to be a goalie that starts. Uh, I also like his age. And I think that the way MLS works, so the MLS works differently from an international perspective than other leagues. Guys that leave for international duty on MLS miss games in the MLS. So we generally want guys that aren't on international duty for that perspective. So I think I'd prefer Marcinkowski. I think the age is better with Marcinkowski as well. So, all right. So we see that his floor is 0.5. We saw last buy of 0.48. So we're going to just call 0.48 uh, the price point for Marcinkowski. So now we have two goalies in around 0.9 in America. That's good for what we want from America uh, from a goaltender standpoint. So another thing to note when it comes to strategy is you are not going to have the best forwards uh, when you have a smaller budget because you just can't afford them. Like I cannot afford Kylian Mbappe on a five ETH budget to make a team or teams like that from that perspective. So you're looking at guys that are generally going to play. You want guys that start, but not be crushers because if they're crushers, they're probably a one ETH card and you can't afford it. So realistically speaking, every single game week, you're going to play two defenders or two midfielders. The reason for that is because their floors are going to be a lot more stable than that of the forwards. And they're generally going to be better cards. For example, I can get a like 50 to 55 average um, defender for 0.1 ETH, whereas like that person's going to cost me like a full ETH as a forward. So yeah. um, that's what we're looking at. So like realistically, what we're looking at here on a defender standpoint is we're I, I would say we're looking at people like 0.25 and below, and we probably want to get three to four of them in America um, as well. And, and Laird talked about this too. We're looking for one year, especially because it's the beginning of the season. Obviously, the younger person is the better. And also, if they are signed to a more longer term contract, that is better as well. But I'm looking for this year, not necessarily two or three years down the road. Um, well, anyways, like I said, like we're not looking for people like Izquierdo, Zimmerman. We're going to be scrolling down the list here a little bit. Um, I think Angelo is an option, although he's not been as good this year with his transfer. With his transfer, yeah. But I do think he is an option at least. Um, I think for Francisco Calvo is a good option with the Marcinkowski pickup because yeah. he's someone that is going to be on San Jose going to be integral to their team, is good in the air, can score goals, uh, is pretty active. I think he could actually be pretty decent for them this year. So he's someone that I think we'll talk about uh, as well. I think Jack Elliott's someone that I like. So here's a note on Andy Nahar. Did you know he doesn't play on turf, Laird? I didn't know that. Yeah, Andy Nahar doesn't play on turf. So like I would not – Nahar is a really solid option, but – he doesn't play on turf. So any game hmm. where they play away that's on turf, he will not play. So that's just something to uh, to sort of note, I guess, on that. Um, There's a decent amount of turf in Major League Soccer. There is. So like you're talking like maybe he'll miss like a third of the season from there. Hmm. Um, I think Nicholas Ismat Mirian is an option. I think Lawless Abubakar is a good option. Um I think that there are probably Ariaga is probably a really good option. He seems pretty locked in this year and he scores pretty well for that team as well. Uh, so those are some defenders that I see as good viable plays. Maybe a Jacob Glesnes. Do you see anyone that stands out to you that maybe I didn't mention here? No, I think that's pretty much the guys that 
I'd be looking for. Like, so you mentioned obviously uh, pairing Calvo and Marcinkowski. So we mentioned earlier, like we weren't necessarily looking to stack, but the goalkeeper defender one seems to make the most sense because if they obviously get a clean sheet, then you're getting, you know, the points from both of them. Do you put any any premium on that? Not in terms of paying more for it, but like if two guys are basically the same price, you just go with the guy that you have the goalie for. Yeah, I think that you generally want to stack uh, if you can. If we're if if we have the ability to stack and it makes sense, we will stack. Uh, is generally the rule of thumb I have. Uh, yeah, Bullstar, you you said that, but he did in those games, despite giving up like three goals per game, he still had like a ten all around, which put him at like forty five points regardless. So if he doesn't score the goals, like you're still getting forty five at him, that's not the end of the world. And whenever San Jose has a shutout. It is very likely that Marcinkowski and Calvo have really strong games, which will help you hit upside, which is why I think he's someone that makes a bit of sense. Um, another cheaper option that I think is a really good play is Daniel Lovitz, um, who takes all the sets for Nashville and is going to spike when he gets a goal or an assist. So he's someone that I think is a really strong option um, as well. I'm just looking further down the list for anyone else that makes sense because we're going to want to buy quite a few uh, defenders that are relatively cheap. I think Nuhu Tolo makes a lot of sense, Laird. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm a big Tolo guy, although his move to left back, I mean, it's not like much of a move. He was a left back for a while. They played a lot of a back three last year where he was one of the, he was the left-sided center back, but he's like a, a full-fledged fullback now, which doesn't make me like him quite as much. But you skipped like the best guy on the list. Who did I skip? Marcelo Silva. Uh, yeah, I think Marcelo Silva is a good option. I don't know if he's the best guy on the list. Uh, no, he's 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 first. So he's got to be the best. Right? Well, he's first in L five. He's not first in fifteen. L5. No, L fifteen. I oh, is he first in L fifteen too? Oh, is that yeah. how it's set up? It's set up L fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I have no issues with Silva. Silva's someone that uh, can be really productive as well and is a really solid guy. Like his last five games or six games, he's averaged like twenty five all around yeah. score. Um, you obviously. So- it's tougher to pick, uh, pair him since David Ochoa is U23 and very expensive, although that you, we don't necessarily have to com, you know, combine our goalkeeper and, and Correct. So I, I think from a perspective of how we're going to go about this, I think we definitely want a Francisco Calvo. Do you agree? Yeah. All right. So we're looking at Calvo. I think he's a good option. He actually has probably gone up a lot recently. Um, and so like we, we talk about how bad he is or like how it all is. This is a guy that has an L40 of 56, despite being on two, just absolutely horrendous. <laughs> so like, he's a guy that can produce regardless. So yep. we're going to He's an international him. player, too. He is an international player, which which I think there's, again, we talk about, like, you don't always want your international players, but having a couple is not bad. I yep. think you don't really want them in goalie, but you do want them more so in other positions. Because, like, if Calvo goes to international duty, you can still use... Um, some you know, you'll have other defender options. So well, right, we're, the, we're the benefit call, is he plays international. Yeah, like, it's not like there are guys who are on their international teams and don't play, so you just lose utility those games. Correct, exactly. All right, so we're going to call Calvo point one six or one one six. We're going to call Calvo point one one six. Um, I think that Lovitz is a necessity at his price point because he's someone that if you look back through his logs, he has a lot of spikes and he always right. plays and. If he's playing for Nashville, that's going to be a guy that is uh, is strong. So we're going to look at Lovitz here. And, like, we'll see. You see, if you click on all, like, you see these games. Like, these are a lot of really, really strong games from Lovitz where he has a lot of chance to just nick decisives and get 
really strong scores um, for super cheap. And he doesn't miss games except for when he's injured, realistically. So we're yeah, going to call... He split sets, though. He doesn't have all of them. Correct. He split sets. I'm sorry. But he does take some. We're yeah. going to call him... We're going to call him his floor price because the recent sale was above uh, on a new car. So we're going to call him 0.055. It's cheap. It's really cheap. And I think like guys like that, you cannot underrate how important guys like that are to your team. All right, Laird, who do you want to, to add in here? Um, I want to add in at least two more. Right, we want two more. It, it, what's funny is that, so I wonder how much we're going to, like, obviously we don't know where we're going to end up, but I feel like we're going cheaper than we have to. And I... It, I'm excited to see at the end whether we decide to throw some of these guys out and get better ones or just increase our depth. But um, like one we didn't mention was Danny Wilson, mm-hmm. who's at like 0.13-ish, who I think is like pretty, I mean, he's a pretty consistent defender for Colorado. Colorado is not like the best attacking team, but they're pretty good defensively, although they just lost um, Kata to an ACL. And then uh, I don't know how long Trusty is going to be there, but I think... Like, do you think we're buying high on Marcelo Silva? It's just, like, so consistent. It's possible, but, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, I like – so, for example, you just talked about Wilson. I actually like um, Abubakar better than Wilson. Okay. But, I, like I mean, not, not to say Wilson's bad. I just – I think I prefer Abubakar over Wilson. That's fine. I would I would add Abubakar or Silva to the list. Okay, so let's add whichever one you want. You pick one. Um, let's go Abubakar because I like his hair. All right, so we're going to add Abubakar, and then I think that we should add one more person to the list. Um, I kind of like Ariaga. I also like Tola. To be fair, we could add both because I think that there is a situation where we do want both of them. But I think for for now, we could add both. What do you All right. Think? What's the prices that we want for Abubakar? Because he's at like... Let's see. All right, so Abubakar... Five-ish. All right, so let's see. Abubakar is going to be... I looked on the wrong one. Oh, my gosh. I'm struggling here. That's weird. I don't see him there. Oh, there he is. Yeah, There he is. I, I just misspelled his name. So let's call him uh, 0.115. I don't think he's at 0.135. I do like 0.12. I don't think so. Philly, the idea with what we're trying to do um, is we're going to look at what our preparation, our anticipation is by the end of this is we're going to have an America, Asia, global D4 lineup, and possibly a global D3 is what we're hoping for. Um, There will definitely not be U23 or Champ. They will be too expensive. Uh, Champ, like I said at the beginning of the show, I. If our gallery was 50 ETH, we probably wouldn't buy a single Champ Europe player. Uh, Champ Europe is the worst investment on the platform, unless you're just trying to invest in the card and hoping the card goes up. Uh, oh, you were saying Europe. Champ America. No, I'm talking Champ Europe. No, no, no. I know I'm saying that. Oh, he's talking Champ America. Yes. So I don't think we're going to go U23. I don't think we're going to have the funds to do that. Uh, there is obviously a bonus if we can get someone that is uh, U23. Like we talked about Angelo here. Like if we can get guys that are U23, we would get them. Uh, we're, we're anticipating Asia, America, D4, Global D4, and then hopefully Global D3 if we can make it happen. All right. Yeah, I think goalkeeper is just what keeps us out of the U23 pool. Correct. Exactly. Goalie is going to cost us like an ETH at least to get in there. And then not even goalie. I mean, it probably would cost us two to two and a half ETH realistically to play just U23 D4. And I just don't think that's within our budget. If we were looking at like a 10 ETH gallery, I think we'd be playing 
U23 D4. Yep, I agree there. Yeah. Um, all right. So Tolo, we're going to call Tolo 0.1 just for ease yes. sakes. And this is someone like Laird talked about. This is the guy who absolutely smashed. Like, if you get this range right here, this is a guy that is just very, very good. Um, and at 0.1, it's worth the risk for his age to, to get him in. And then Ariaga, uh, again, like this is another nice thing is if, if they have a really favorable matchup, um, Seattle, you could play Tolo and you could play Ariaga. Yeah. You also are getting the midweek utility that, that was mentioned earlier uh, just by having these guys as of now. So there is viability there. So we're going to call him 0.15. All right. And then, like I said, at the end, we might have to cut some funds. Uh, we might have to cut some players, but that was probably a bit cheaper even than what we were planning to spend uh, there. And we bought probably an extra card. So we will see. It's also just forward. America, though. It is. It is also just America. All right. So we are at um, midfielders where we're going to go next. So I definitely think that there's going to be some good midfielders we had um, in this region. Would love to add a Carlos Gill here. It just isn't realistically going to be uh, a super viable play here. Uh, most of these top-end guys are not going to be viable. Uh, I think someone who's a bit older that makes a little bit of sense but isn't within America is Vecchio. And now, Laird, here's a question for you. Like, I kind of think we want to have a more marquee midfielder to go along with some cheaper options. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, th I think the reason why is that there are so few marquee defenders and forwards. And, or the the or the forwards are just so expensive. Like I think you can, you know, because of the position scarcity, that you can get like an impact player in midfield that is significantly cheaper than like similar scores from a forward. So there's that. I think that. So I agree. Yes, I think this is where you kind of spend up if you're going to. Yeah, and I'm not saying even spend up. Just like maybe more marquee guys. So like someone I think we might uh, we might consider here is Alex Ring. Um, he's just so consistent and does have some spike games as well. So he's someone that I think we'll be considering here. Um, now a question for you is, do you like the idea of getting like a Jamiro Montero despite being on San Jose and looking pretty terrible recently? Uh, how much is he? Uh, 0.17. Oh, that's pretty cheap. I, if I knew that there was that he was going to have set pieces at some point, then it would be different, but I'm right. just not sure it's there. I think, so a few people in chat have brought this up that we're like kind of ignoring like Peru and Argentina and Brazil. And it's not that we don't think that there are good, that there are not good players in there. There, there are some values certainly, but if we, like, I think you could do this entire exercise and for, for, you know, for how much we're spending on MLS, you focus on Argentina and you can probably right. get by. Um, I think the better players in Argentina end up being a little more expensive. Like there's a premium for them because people know that, that they're good. But I think just as we said at the beginning, if league stacking ends up being pretty important. And so even if we bought a few, you know, added a few Peru or Argentina league guys here, uh, at some point we could have a situation where they're not playing and now we're kind of, you know, we've spent up for guys that are not in our lineups. Correct. And that, that's the thing. Uh, I do think Mike, that the Illy Sanchez is going to have a pretty good year here. Um, I'm probably not going to recommend him here, but I do actually agree with that. I think that that's a, uh, a pretty good call. Um, there's one other person that I wanted to mark down and then we will go through some of the players. Uh, 
So guys that I just opened up tabs on here is I opened up Alex Ring, um, Mauricio Perea, Diego Chara, Pedro Santos, Keaton Parks, and Jackson Ewell. Those are some guys that I think have pretty good value based on mids. Is there any other names that you see that you think we should be talking about or looking up? There's one who I bought early on the platform and sold. And I, my opinion of him changes like by the day, but I think Luciano Acosta should be in the conversation. Oh, I would agree with that. I actually have a super. I think that's a good point. Uh, to uh, Pozuelo and Lodero, I do like Pozuelo. I think that he is relatively cheap right now. I don't want any part of Lodero. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm good on that. I think uh, Delgado is a good option, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up Delgado, too. He's someone that's pretty solid as well. Um, so, like, that's a card I just don't want anything. Like, there's two cards I don't want anything to do with in America, and that is Lodero and Vela. And Vela's great, but man, I just don't trust him or know what to do with Vela. So that that's my thoughts on Vela. Um, Laird, do you have anything different? As somebody who has Vela, I'm extremely concerned about Carlos Vela. I wouldn't, I mean, starting today, there's no way I buy Carlos Vela. It's right. as simple as that. To be honest, I thought you were going to say Nicholas De La Cruz because I just happen to like scroll by him. No. Uh, uh, yeah, so Bullstar, Reynoso is probably someone we should talk about. I'm a bit concerned with his, issues that he's had and then also uh his price point is probably gonna be a little bit too high for us to justify here i think um but he's definitely someone that for sure would be someone i consider so i think uh a card we definitely buy out of this group is diego chara um i know i talked to you before we came on um this is just a guy he literally just runs 90s just churns really strong uh scores he doesn't get super high-end scores that frequently whether it be um, with a decisive or like a goal line clearance or something. But like, this is a guy that just really churns and he just does not really miss many games. So I think at his price point, he's a definitive. So we'll call him 0.09. All right. I actually think we might come back to Chara because I actually think he's a better super rare than a rare. I don't disagree with that. And I think that is 100% a thought process we will have at the end of this for sure. Because I agree with that 100%. Yeah, like I think we're going to get to a point where like we could change these two guys into two that are less, and that right. gets us to a char super rare. But then we do the whole, do we? how do we get a second super rare? But like those scores right there just scream super rare to me. 100% agree with that assessment. I think that's definitely – I mean, do you want to just call it now and just say we're going to buy his super rare now? Let's include both. Just Okay. that Because I don't think having his rare would be bad either. Man, I don't even – we're going to call his super a point two. Point two, yeah. Which is like a joke. So, like, I, I agree that there is no way we don't walk away with getting his super rare. I might buy, just buy that one right now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, there's a lot on the market. <laughs> um, so, all right. Nifty just talked about Godoy. So, we're going to look up Godoy. I do agree with Annabelle Godoy a bit. Uh, he's pretty strong as well. And he's someone that you can pair with um, Lovitz as well. So, like, he would be an option. So, all right, who do you have as the next mid you want to add? Uh, it was on your list. I really like uh, Mauricio Pereira, who actually yeah. whose rare card I sold, and I think he banged like 100 the next day. But um, I like him, and I think Pedro Santos makes a lot of sense. Again, that's another card I've bought recently, so that's probably why I think it makes Weird. sense. But Weird, you Larry. Are, 
What's that? Weird, Laird. After you yeah. bashed me for the Pedro Santos love. I bashed you a long time and then I paid like twice what I should have paid for. No, exactly. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna call we're gonna call Perea point uh point two. We're just gonna keep it easy and call him point two. Um and, right. and I think a lot of that too with Perea is he's gonna have a lot more additional um he's gonna be the guy this year, I think. I, I think he's gonna be the guy. Um and then who was the other one that you said? Uh Santos. Oh, Pedro Santos. Yeah, I agree with Pedro Santos as well. He's going to be playing left back. He was, he has taken the penalty kick in the last preseason game when everyone else was on the field. So I think yeah. he's a good option as well. Um, and he, we're going to call him 0.124. And then I think, and you'll agree with this one, we're going to add Keaton Parks for right now as well. Um, because he's coming back from injury he's someone that's very consistent he's also someone that's a bit younger that we both like a lot and think he can put up scores like obviously you see what he did recently it's not great but like in previous years he's been a guy that's just churned out all around i actually think he will be someone that scores more goals as well uh due to his height he'll be more of a central piece in set pieces so we're gonna we're gonna put a parks in there right now as well and we're gonna call him 0.16 i'm not sure you're getting him for one six though um maybe i mean he's literally got oh, it's one point one six six that's the floor yeah, point one six oh, yeah. all right yeah you, de- you, you definitely get it for that that's absurd it is i agree 100 that's why i think we definitely add him in um yeah. all right like, so then we should note, gonna... note also he loses his u23 this year he so does. He we're not buying him for that reason. he's young so that's helpful but correct it is helpful he's on a contract and we don't know if he's going to leave or not um he's someone that could maybe stick around the mls a bit longer so I think he's definitely someone we look at as well. All right, we're going to move into forward. So forward is going to be difficult. Forward is going to be a position we spend quite a bit of our funds on, I believe, um, because we just don't really have another option. So what we're looking for with forward is obviously play every game. We want someone to play every game. I know a name we're going to say, you're going to be like, this guy's not great. It's true. Then no one's great because if you want any of these guys that are good, you're going to be paying like 0.7 ETH minimum for any of these guys. And I, I just don't think that it's going to be worthwhile for that. You just want a guy that's going to be able to play that can maybe just nick a score point. Um, so some guys that I think are people that make sense here uh, are going to be Yimmy Chara, uh, Christian Dahomey. I know you like Christian Dahomey a lot, which we'll talk about. Um, I think that we're going to look at Casper Shabilko, one of one of your favorites. Um, and I think we're going to talk about Romel Kyoto uh, as well. Um and I think Casper Shabilko. So I think we're going to be looking at like those three or four forwards based on what I'm seeing from price point. Do you see anyone else that you think we should be talking about? Uh, the only other ones are outside of MLS. Like I had mentioned um, Julio Furch to you. I think Julian yep. Quinones like kind of fits if you want to go outside of that. But if we're sticking to MLS, which based off of what we were saying, league stacking, like I think that's what we should do. But it only just kind of accentuates how bad forward is this summer. Uh, yeah. Uh, Yimmy Chara is a rid- is midfielder rare, and I don't know if he has any forward rares, to be honest, which is realize that. That's... the issue with him. Um, he scores pretty well as a forward, though, to be honest. So like, we can just remove Yimmy Chara as an option because he's probably not someone that we realistically will look at. So I think uh, we definitely had talked about we're going to add a Kyoto. His price is just way too cheap. Uh, Now, you have to be careful. You have to buy his forward card 
Um, so we're going to go above this and I'm going to use the 0.22 for Kyoto as the buy price because the forward card is a lot better card than the midfielder. But like this, the guy, if you look back to a year ago, yeah. was a smasher. There's um, no way you buy the midfielder card. I have the midfielder card, actually. Um, but no, yeah, you definitely do not want the midfielder card. You want the forward card. Yes, yep. some of the Kyotos are forward cards. And then I think you definitely have to get Shabilko. Do you agree? Yeah. And it's not because, like, he's great, but, like, this guy's just going to run 90s for Chicago. And that's minutes, not points. <laughs> yeah, he's going to just. So, like, I think you're, you, you're playing these guys hoping they get a decisive. Um, on a, on a certain game week. So, Shabilko, we're going to call 0.27. Jeez. I'm going to just predict that that's one of the first ones we throw out. Uh, could be. And then, so, from a another forward perspective, like, do you want to add a Dahomey or do you want to add someone else or anything else that you saw that you think made sense? Dahomey just seems a little too expensive. He does. And so... and like, we could talk a Julio. I think we want another one as an option. So like, if you think Furch is a good option, I think that going outside of the area uh, in one spot is okay. You just can't fully go out of the league. Yeah. I think Furch is basically the Mexican league Casper Shabilko. Okay. So let's call Furch and let's call him 0.22. So we're currently at 2.915 ETH. Yep. So, all right. So that is going to be our American base. And within that American base, we actually have a super rare layered. So that's true. We're ahead of the game with what we were planning to do from that perspective. All right. So now we're going to go into Asia. Before we go into Asia, the one thing that, not that we're ignoring, but the move to rare pro obviously requires another goalkeeper. And so that's a, that's like, people think that like going from rares to super rares is like the jump. But it's actually having to buy another goalkeeper. And Correct. frankly, some people buy the, you know, a super rare goalkeeper, which I think is actually a pretty reasonable strategy for rare pro, but it's a jump. Correct. And, and what we're going to do here is like, we're, I think we're going to try to get three to four goalies. It's probably going to end up three. You can probably play a common goalie in one of the D4s, probably not the global D4, but you can play it in Asia or America, wherever your weakest lineup is, you probably would just play a common goalkeeper there. Um, in certain weeks. So looking through the Asian options. So I know Kim Dong-hun is probably a really good option that I don't want to realistically get because they just did some wonky goalie stuff last year um, for Inchon, but he's someone that we probably are going to have to consider. I don't think I would want Kwon Sun Tae because I think Yuya Oki will start at some point. If- Everybody is hoping that Hokie starts. I, I, I sure hope that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think those are someone that we're gonna we're gonna have to consider. I think Park Il Gu is a option that we're gonna be considering here. Um, I think he's got a decent price point. I think Kim Jin Hyun is a good price point as well. Um, and those are realistically the only goalies that I think are options. However, you have another goalie that I think you want to bring up that you talked about beforehand. Uh, well, before that, I, I want to add uh, Takatu Hayashi to the list of guys that we don't really want because everybody's kind of expecting Osako to take that job. So, like, yeah, and Hayashi is is old, like really old. So yeah, like, he's, he's like super old, like he's like a few months younger than me. So, correct. Good Lord. 
Um, so those are the guys we're looking at. I think for me, we definitely are buying. Uh, do you want to talk about Higagushi? Uh, yeah. So Misaki Higashiguchi, Higashi Gucci, excuse me, is the Gamba goalkeeper who has been out to start the season, but he, I think, I don't know if it was COVID or it's like an illness, isn't it? It's a knee injury. It was a knee. All right. Slight knee injury is what I heard. He's like a club legend though. And is fully expected to like start when he's fit. And the expectation is he was supposed to be fit soon. So he's pretty cheap. He's still under like 0.35. And I think that's worth, like Gamba's a, a good team. They've had a horrible start to this. Like their schedule has just been brutal. And so I think they turn it around and to get their goalie, hopefully he, he turns in. Like, I hate saying like, you know, once he comes back, because I just, you know, injury news is not always the clearest, but he seems like somebody worth that risk knowing we're buying multiple goalkeepers anyway. Correct. And and looking at this, like we're going to, there's no way he doesn't start. If he wasn't going right. to be the starting goalie, they would have brought back Tawny from loan. They wouldn't have let him stay out alone and shown on Bar- Belmar. Um, so I think for me, the, the clear goalie for sure is going to be Kim Jin Hyun. Um, I, I think that they're going to be a bit better this year um, because I just think they're a bit better, honestly. I think that their team's going to be a bit better um, in general. Okay. And, and I think he's definitely one of the options that we're going to look at. So he's got a floor of 0.24, recent sales 0.4. We're going to call it 0.4. You, you know this league much better than I do. so I'm Yeah, not gonna... and then I think the other one that we're going to look at is I don't want to take the risk on Higaguchi being out for like two months. So I think the other one we're going to get is Park Ilgu. Okay. Um, I like and, him particularly because it capitalizes all of Park. Yeah, exactly. And he's not as good because, honestly, Eduardo's gone and it's made them worse, I think, but he has really good all around as, as you see here, like he's got some really strong games and they're generally pretty strong defensively. Yep. Um, so we're going to call him point 0.5. We're just going to call him point 0.5. All right. So that is our goalies in Asia. Now we're going to move to the defenders in Asia. We're going to try to keep stuff relatively cheap as well. Uh, because at the end, we definitely are going to have to cut some stuff. Uh, probably going to end up having to cut a goalie as well. Um, How do you find price, like goalie, or excuse me, defender pricing in Asia? Like, do you find that they're actual values or? I do think all- there's quite a few values. Uh, I think that there's a lot of like the really strong people are relatively cheap as well. Like Sho Suzaki's 0.252 and look at what he does. Yeah. So, like, I think that he's someone that we're going to look at. So, we're going to look at Shows Suzaki. He's probably going to be a, a bit too expensive for what we're trying to do, but he just smashes. Um, like, Koike. Koike has got, like, an L40 of 57. He's .289. Um, so, that's something. I think someone we're definitely going to buy is uh, Masato Morishigi. He's a little bit older, but he absolutely is a really good option um, as a defender here as well. And then... Let's see. Um, I would like to have Fukumori, but he's probably a bit too expensive. I think Shunta Tanaka is going to be an option that we look at. Um, I think Hayata uh, Araki is a good option. I think Jen Shoji is a good option as well. Um, is there any other guys that you think that I have not mentioned? Because I know you're not as familiar with Japan, but is there anyone that you like that I haven't talked about? No, I, I just feel like the... The cheaper you go, the, the, they actually seem to look better. Like Morishigi is 
score wise is really good. Yeah. Um, so like that almost seems like a slam dunk to me. Yeah, I think so. For for me, we're gonna add more Shiggy, um, yeah. for sure. I actually have his super rare, which I won, which I get terrible offers for all the time. Uh, I feel like people like that are just the guys you get the worst offers for. Like, I'm not going to sell a super rare that scores like 57 average for like 0.3 people. I'm just not mm-hmm. going to do that, even if they're older. But like, yeah, you see him. Like, this is a guy that just smacked all last year. Yes, he's old. Like, am I going to get three, four years out? I'm probably not. But I know I can probably get this year out of uh, so the beginning of the season. He missed due to COVID. So like he's back as you see, and he played also in the cup game. There was a cup game in between this and this, and he played in that as well. So um, he is back. I actually played him in my D3 lineup or sorry, my global rare pro lineup. There this it year. is. Um, so anyways, we're going to call him uh, 0.12. Yeah. And then I think we definitely add a Hayota Araki as well. I think he's a guy that has really good stable scoring that also does have some upside. Like you'll see, like you see he has a hundred, he has a 98. Uh, he has another hundred back here. Like you see some really high upside for this guy. Yeah, that's... And this is definitely someone we're going to add and we're going to call him 0.16. Yep. And is there anyone else you want to add here, Laird, or no? Black's getting all excited for the uh, Tokyo stack here. Of course. Well, just wait till the Chicago fire stack comes out here. Black. <laughs> um, and uh, well, I think back. we're kind of in this price range is the problem. Like uh, right. Koga is really expensive. And so is uh, Fukumori. Those are guys right. like we would like to have. Sure. But I think we add in Gen Soji here and then we can like, we're probably going to eliminate some people uh, as we go here and we'll see what we're going to eliminate at the end. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think we're going to end up around, Five and a half, six ETH, and we probably are going to want to add another super rare. So we're probably going to have going for. What are we putting him in? Uh, we're going to put Soji at 0.11. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, we're going to okay. show the uh, kind of our roster at the end of this. Yeah, I'll, we can pull that up uh, once we're done with this part of things, yeah. where it's easier to show through things all right so midfielder in asia i do think there's actually some really strong midfielder options that are relatively cheap uh as well that i've seen um so i think we're gonna look at osmar uh, i know you and i have talked about him before i love osmar even though he's in korea so that is going to be a little bit of, of cross uh league mm-hmm. but i think he's really strong uh hotaro yamaguchi is going to be someone who i'm pretty confident we will be picking him um, Sergi Samper, this is a guy that played at Real Madrid, was in the Real Madrid youth system. So he's a really strong option as I didn't realize well. Yamaguchi got that cheap. Yeah, I didn't realize he did it either until I started looking at this a little bit earlier. Um, and there's going to be a lot of other guys that are going to be cheaper, but I don't really want to go super cheap at midfield because I do think that's where we go. Um, I do like Sukasa Morishima. I think he's pretty strong, and I think Takura Koneko is also relatively strong um, as well for cheaper options. Uh, they're both going to be a little bit more score point dependent than some of these other mids, um, but actually Morishima is probably better, so we'll probably end up buying Morishima. So I, I sold Morishima last year because it was just so frustrating how often he misses. Uh, it was, but he's actually not that bad, I don't think. Um, he got injured at the end of the year with a m- knee injury. 
I'm just saying is L40 is 75% and is in terms of games played and his L15 is 47. Yeah, he he had a lot of knee injuries, but if you look at the rest of it, he had never used to miss games. Sure. Um, so anyways, I think for the purposes of this, we're going to add Osmar because this guy just absolutely smashes and just churns super consistent uh you need to show his like defender points yeah so like you got all right so this is something so i love osmar he's a great card right this is his midfielder card he plays center back for fc soul and they hold a lot of possession and he just gets a ton of passing stats like everything is passing um so like this is as a midfield card that plays center back so like you just see a massive amount of solid 60 plus point games. He also takes penalties though. So like if you get a decisive, you're gonna get like 90 points from him. Look right. at his defender card. It's a, <laughs> everything's just like whoop. His defender card is absolutely massive. And like you see, like both of these hundreds he put up, there is not a decisive in those hundreds. He had 86 all around <laughs> <laughs> as a defender. Uh if if Osmar was classified properly as a as a defender card, he would be one of the best cards on the platform. I think is there a way to look at like what his L40 average would be if he was a defender? Uh, I don't think we have it actually. Yeah, because like I'm thinking his L40 average as a defender is like close to 70 points. I think Not he would be the best player on the platform. 65. Um but regardless, midfield card's great. So we're gonna buy an Osmar and he is 0.225. I think we are for sure going to buy a Yamaguchi. Yeah. That's way too cheap for what you get out of Yamaguchi. Like, again, you see what Yamaguchi does. Uh, the guy smashes, doesn't miss games really at all, unless he's got an injury. And we're going to call him 0.2. Mm -hmm. I do yeah, think you can get him a little cheaper in that, actually, because if, if there's that many on the floor, 0.2, you definitely get him cheaper, but for ease sake. And then we're going to get a, a Morishima, because I think at a price point... Um, He's a good option as well at the price point. So Morishima, we're going to call uh, 0.1. That's fine. We'll call him 0.5. Yeah, I wouldn't touch Iniesta. Uh, he's a terrible card to, to get. Like, he's just pretty useless. You can basically never play him. Um, I like this. Hold on. From Connor. What do you think the Osmar Defender card unique would sell? I don't know, Connor, but there's a good chance I would buy it. <laughs> but I don't know that answer because people really... Um, so I have been offered like 10 ish for like Hatanaka, who's probably a better card than Osmar because he puts up similar scores and is younger. Um, I would reckon Osmar defender would be six to 80. Maybe, maybe less. It could go, it literally could go for like three. Like it could go for something super stupid. For the best defender on the platform. Yeah, for like the best defender out there. So, all right. So that is going to do it for the midfielders. Now we're going to move to forward. Uh, forward in Asia is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Uh, there's just not much. Like we talked about Shabilko and Furch at like 0.2 and Kyoto at 0.22. It does not exist in Asia. There's just not really anyone that is super cheap. And I think we may have to pay up here. Um, is there anyone that you like at forward in Asia that the makes one, sense? Yeah, the one that I showed you before, because we were talking about how like the Asia forward list is so weak, but Edgar Silva from Daegu yeah. is like a guy who plays. 
Well, he actually scores really well. He's he does score well, him. and I think he takes penalties when Sassini is not around, which is not often. But he it's somebody who plays next to Sassini, which I know they're not as good this year as they were last year, but like that's got to give you some sort of confidence, right? Correct, and I think he's solid. I also think that we are going to pay up at one a little bit, and I think we get Matus. And you think what? We get Matus. Oh, okay. Because he scores incredibly well with a great all-around, and his price point is not unreasonable. So I think we buy both of those guys, actually. So we're going to – and there's not much there. Like, if you look there, there's not much. Like, I would it, – it's not the best um, situation to get him. I'll just I'll just throw you one of my uh, my Scottish uniques, Connor, to – to sort of like distract you from it. Uh, yeah, Matus takes sets, takes penalties. He's really good. He'll be your marquee forward. Um, all right, who was I looking up? Edgar Silva. So Edgar Silva, we're going to call 0.16 for Edgar Silva. And then Matus, we are going to call... It's going to be close to 0.5. Right? Um, I think he's probably under that. Well, there hasn't been any sales recently. Let me see if there's been any auctions. We're gonna call, yeah, we'll call 0.5. There's or we'll call 0.46 because there there was last auction was 0.46 last week. So we'll call them 0.46. So that's an ongoing one. Yeah, and it's, it literally someone bid to the 0.46 to try to to try to get it. So I think that there's a uh, situation that you hold them to. So like we just we're gonna go through and we're gonna delete some stuff. So, uh, so I can stop sharing my screen. You can share. Yeah, your you, no, you, you, I can just pull it up here. So okay. Um, what we okay, have perfect. here. So something to note with this is like the teams that we are giving here, these teams can legit win. Like you can run a team that has a goalie, a somewhat strong defender, strong midfielders, and forwards that are good. Like you could realistically run a lineup that is Park Il Goo. Um, and we're talking about, I'm talking about global from a global perspective. Like you can run like Park Ilgu, you can run Morishigi, Osmar, Yamaguchi, Matus. That's a team that like averages high 60s, or not high 60s, but like averages like high 50s as an average. Like yeah, that's I'd, a legit team that can hit a podium. Yeah, I'd, I'd put this into the concepts thing on sort of data, but like the the seasons have just started just it's a very wonky graph that's all so it's a mm -hmm. little difficult to like show exactly where these guys have performed together but yes you can certainly do that if you want so like yeah so like we're talking like these are guys that can legitimately get you on podiums is it going to happen most likely no not all the time but like every single week any of these players you put in a lineup one is going to get you a threshold two is going to get you cards you're going to get multiple cards a month doing this. You're going to get almost every threshold doing this. And then you want to prioritize All-Star D for every week because that is where you are going to get your threshold. And therefore, it trumps um, America and Asia D4. So the way you're going to look at this is you're going to look at this from a perspective of um, you're going to prioritize Global Rare and Global Rare Pro and then you're going to prioritize America Rare and Asia Rare. And you're going to get four lineups out there realistically, and they're going to be productive. What we're going to hopefully do here is we're going to find a defender. So I think we need to cut about 
uh, 0.8 ETH off of this. Do you agree? To get a super rare? Like yeah. we only have we only have one super rare now. Is yeah, that, we need we... to find another super rare, and I think it's going to be a defender. Yep. And we're going to find a defender that makes sense. Um, so should we do that first? Let me let's look through the defender list here. Um, I think we want a defender. The reason we want a defender is so that if you have an elite level um, midfielder, that you can still play them with Diego Char or with like Diego Char super. So like if you have two elite level super or mids you can't run any of your other mids in that lineup. It, it has yeah. to be those two super mids. So like, we're going to look for um, a defender in either America or Asia that is that is a strong option from a super perspective. So I, I also want to say that, like, I was going to put teams together, but what, we, what you don't want to do is look at this gallery and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to play in all-star rare every week. And this Correct. is what I'm going to play. Every week is different. The matchups change everything. Guys could get hurt or, you know, you could have five guys with great matchups or terrible ones. So like, don't like, you can think that way of like, Oh, this is what I'll play. Like if everything is, is the, is set up perfectly for all these guys, but like you have to realize that you have to be very flexible with how these lineups get built because you know, some weeks, every week is different. So just remember that when you're putting actual lineups together, hundred percent, like you want to be playing matchups, and stuff like that. Uh, looking for food, I never recommend waiting for cards. What happens if you end up waiting for cards is one, they end up being really high for the first uh, runs of auctions anyways, and you miss like half the season. So I don't generally like to do that uh, from that perspective. Um, all right, so from a defender standpoint, and we're open to a defender being in America or Asia. With the Diego Chara Super Rare, we would prefer it to be in America most likely so that we have the option of running in America D3 in a certain situation as well. Um, so we have uh, Calvo at 0.55. That's someone that we, and it might be lower like when we look at things. So like, I think he's someone that could be an option for us here. Um, Danny Wilson that you mentioned is someone that I think could be an option here. Uh, Lawless Abubakar is someone that could be an option as well. Your boy Debossi, uh popping up there, Laird. Who also just popped up on the injury report I noticed earlier. Yeah, looking for food. Uh, so the t that is generally the like price point where they get a bit cheap. But like that's like one month after they launch. They launch like one or two months into the season. All of a sudden, you've missed over half the season because you've waited for that. Uh, whereas you would have won more from them if you just had them in your gallery. Right. Like um, I think that I think you need to remember that there is a cost. There's a time cost of correct. You're you're missing out on things if you're just waiting to buy. Correct. Um, I How much was Debassi? Debassi was like 0.266, but... Okay, because I see there's a Michael Boxall at 0.249. Shout out to Black for that one. He probably is hoping to sell. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a viable person. He's a viable person. And to be fair, maybe we buy two Super Rares, Laird. Maybe we buy two, and we cut out some other pieces instead to give us a little bit more depth from a Super Rare perspective, right? Um, well, we have the Chara one already. Correct. Is there anyone else that you see that makes sense to you to pull up? What I pulled up so far is Calvo, Danny Wilson, Lawless Abubakar, Jonathan Mensah, and Michael Boxall. Uh, that sounds about right. Like, okay. um, yeah, I just don't know how much we're going. Like, Tolo is 0.49. That, that's, we definitely will pull him up and see. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm actually looking him. just at the live offers. And we're going to, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to look, we're going to look at the price and like, it might not be that high because Super Rare is generally like, we're probably going to say it's like three to four of X the rare price. Or if there's 
recent sales will will go that way um so and then let's look at asia as well um and asia is generally gonna be better scores so you're maybe would and like i said like maybe i'm uh, when i was saying about getting two like maybe we want three right like maybe we want chara and two other super rares and then we limit our rares a little bit more to to be able to do that yeah um so looking through this and i'm only trying I mean, to the, go ahead love it super rares 0.38 oh that's we're gonna open that too <laughs> i think there's a good chance we're gonna get one of these um yeah so like as you see 0.38 so love it says someone we're gonna open up as well um and is a good option so all right back to asia i want to see if there is a defender in asia that can make sense for us here um all right so like i think you could hypothetically get a show sazaki for a reasonable price but I, i'm not positive on that so i don't want to put him here yeah the, the obviously the lack of or the excuse me increased scarcity lack of supply for super rares makes pricing them a little difficult like Correct. It's it's one thing if like there's a recent sale, but if there's nothing on the market now and like nobody wants to sell, like us estimating a price is probably one that like we think is fair. Correct. But if nobody's going to sell at that price, then it's that's not the price. Correct. Uh, 100% agree with that. And that's like that's a realistic thing. Generally speaking, you can knock a bit off of what is listed and then get it for a different price. Um, so I think the, the ones that I saw here in Asia that makes sense to me is Morishigi and Hayato Araki. Oh, you'll also notice a theme. Like a lot of the people we bring up are people that we like their rares as well, because generally we like their rares because they are relatively cheap. Right. If, um, if the rares are under, underpriced, then the super rares probably right. are too. So I think to me, so let's go back to our, our team and see what our team looks like. And then we will see yeah. what we can sort of chop off here and then we'll decide what super rares to get so yeah. i do think we want four goalies do you agree with that yes absolutely okay. i think we should cut a, def a defender and i think that defender should be ariaga yeah that's exactly or, what I or a rocky i actually think it should be a rocky Maybe not though, because then we have a little bit more of a balance in. Uh, America. That's what I was. Yeah, the, the only reason we is that we, felt like we were a little MLS heavy. Yeah, so I think we get rid of Ariaga. Bummer, dude. I think then it, I think we get rid of some midfielders. I think we get rid of uh, Diego Chara Rare. Yep. I think we also probably want to get rid of one of the forwards. I think we get rid of either Julio Furch or Shabilko. I probably yeah. lean towards getting rid of Furch because of uh just staying in MLS. Yeah, trying to stay in MLS. So like if we do all of that, I also think we could so we are now under 5e. If we realistically want to get a good super rare, we could get rid of a goalie. Or we need to get rid of a little bit more um, in terms of the other positions. So do you think it's viable to get rid of a goalie? Or do you think it is more realistic to just stick with getting rid of like one other player and then bring in one of the cheaper options as a super rare? I, uh, I'm not sure Matus is worth the percentage of the gallery as he is. He 
is because you're going to have to play someone in um, D3. So you need to have four forwards. I'm not saying we didn't need a fourth forward. I'm just not sure we need to spend that much on one. But I guess, I guess we just went through why they were all so bad. <laughs> well, I do think having a marquee forward that you have as an option is, is a good thing. Okay. I think he's pretty marquee. I think he has a pretty good chance to go up. Um, let's see the Gen Soji. Someone just recommended Gen Soji. Let's see his super rare. Um, his super rare probably would be like 0.4, I think. I think what we do here is... I so. My thoughts on his super rares are, let's see what Gen Soji super rare. He went for like 0.36. So you're probably looking at like 0.36 from a Gen Soji super rare standpoint. I think what we do is we get rid of a... Maybe an MLS defender. Another one. That's what I was kind of thinking here. Calvo or Abubakar? Maybe. I'm trying to think about if we want to bring in... I think getting a box all super. Let's let's look at the box all super. Because I think that's going to be the path we're going to look at here with our uh, funds. Oh, man. Andy's going to be so pissed. <laughs> so I think you're looking at box all super. And I think that super could be even a bit cheaper than that. Um, yeah, so we're going to call the box all like 0.22. Yeah. So let's put box all in at 0.22, and that's going to be our final purchase. And again, like we do have the ability, if we wanted to add like another super, we could just shed one of the goalies. I think that's the best shed we could do. And we could um, then have another super rare, and you just run a common in one of the D4s. So was yours the 2.219 or 0.227, Black? <laughs> I think he sold it a while ago. So I think what we do here is I actually think we dump a booba car yeah that's my thoughts that's what i was thinking so if we dump a booba car hang 4.99 4.99 gallery so like let's build some lineups with this gallery now Laird. not like build them but like let's show yeah i'll we'll just do. put them yeah yeah so like all right so we're gonna have a ivasich we're gonna have a tolo we're, or I'm sorry, no, re remove that. We're going to have a box all super rare. Are you doing that one first? Yeah, I'm going to do that one first. We're going to have a Chara super rare. We're going to have a Matus. And we're going to have an Osmar. That is a legit lineup that can win cards in Division Three, I think. Yeah, that's a really good lineup. Yeah, like that's summer. a legit lineup that you can win cards in Division Three. Um, all right, next well, lineup. Let me, let me just, let me see. One, two, Osmar, Chara, Matus. That's one one and a half ETH for that yeah. team. So like one and a half ETH team that legit can win rewards in D2. If you get one D3, star, three. if you get like one star over the whole season, it pays for the entire team. Literally one. And if you like get like, you probably need for that to pay off like three to four cards over the whole year. And I'm pretty confident you'll get it because yeah. Matus and Osmar have really, all of those guys have really strong all arounds. And Matus and, and Osmar can really spike. Yep. So yeah, you're definitely going to get it. All right, next team, we're going to have Marcinkowski, Calvo, Perea. Perea, yeah. Uh, Kyoto. Yeah, they're so bad. Yep. And we're mm -hmm. going to run um, King Parks. Again. That's a that lineup can get you cards. If if they have a if they have a clean sheet, that can get you cards. Yep. All right. 
Next lineup, that, that lineup was America. We'll call that lineup America, Bear Pro. All right, so we're going to play Kim Jin Hong. We're going to play Morishigi. We're going to play Yamaguchi. We're going to play Shabilko. And we're going to play Pedro Santos. There's your all-star rare lineup. And then we're going to do Asia Rare. So you're going to have Park Il Goo. We're going to have Araki. We're going to have Morishima. We're going to have Edgar Silva. And we're going to have Jen Soji. We actually. And... Wait, that's not Rare Pro. We actually. Um didn't even use a common goalkeeper. Yeah, we don't even use a common goalkeeper in this strategy. Those four lineups, every single one of them can win a card. The Asia rare lineup is the weakest of the lineups um, yeah. of them all, but literally all four of those lineups can win cards any given week. And the rare or the all-star rare lineup is going to hit you thresholds almost every single week um, without question. So King Kazan asked a good question. If we had five ETH more, what would we be doing for, with that? I know what I would be doing. What would your plan be? I'd probably buy more super rares. Yeah. So my plan would be add depth and add super. Rares. So I would probably, uh, a lot of those lists of super rares we added, I would try to add probably, um, I would say four to five more super rares. I would add like the Iraqi super rare that we looked at. I would add the um, a Tolo super rare, the Calvo super rare, the Morshigi super rare. I would add cards like that. I would try to add like, I would try to add one or two defenders in Asia, one or two mids in Asia, like, and then one or two guys in America in general. And then I would just use the rest on depth, whether it be, I would probably add another goalie and then I would add some additional depth. Yeah. I think the biggest problem, and I, I think the question was really like, do you jump into U23? But like at this point so far, I think we're expect there are essentially three U23 goalies and they're not all like one ETH, some are more, but like you're probably looking at, you know, 20% of that five more ETH just in a goalie and then having to buy, you know, fill out the rest of the U23, which is why we felt like buying more super rares because you can utilize the cards that you have here. Like you're, you're just improving what you have as opposed to essentially starting fresh, but I don't know, U23 is fun. Like we all like playing it, but it's- uh, Yeah, and I'm not saying U23 is bad. I think that U23 is totally a viable path. It just, if you're going U23 out, you're going to have no depth anywhere. Having no depth anywhere is bad. It's generally right. very bad not having depth. And then also you're not utilizing any of these cards there. Um, I think you'll get a lot further being able to run. If you can run, if you run Gas Rare and Rare Pro, Asia Rare and Rare Pro, America Rare and Rare Pro, and you can run that all summer with like these type of cards, like I think for a 10 ETH gallery, you could pay it off in the summer. Yes, it's absolutely possible. I, I mean, think it's realistically possible to, if you bought, if you spent 10 ETH today, and actually, I mean, I wish we had the ability to do this. Like, like I totally would buy, I would put 10 ETH in and do this and see, but I'm pretty confident if you put in 10 ETH right before the season starts, like let's say two weeks ago, I'm pretty sure by the end of summer, you would have paid off the entire gallery. Mm -hmm. if you sold like every reward and then didn't really uh, funnel in tons of additional of the rewards into reinforcements. Cause the thing is like, we just, we we're showing this right, but 
that list is very thin. If you take a bunch of injuries, you're going to be really in trouble and you need to fill those. But there's going to be guys that you can fill for 0.1 ETH that, or 0.25 even for like a super rares, but you can make it work. So uh, there's tons of options that you can do with that. And I think a 10 ETH gallery like that could totally pay off in six months. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and obviously any reward that you win adds to depth anyway. Yeah. So it's not like you have to go out and buy the depth. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you're winning guys that you want, Correct. but you can, you know, if you want to sell them and to, to buy other players like that, the idea is that the rewards help you in, in those aspects. And obviously I think the expectation is that we'll see mostly America and Asia rewards this summer in all-star rare and rare pro or all the all-stars. I don't think it's going to be exclusive. Like it was like sporadically last year, but like you could theoretically win European cards to get you ready for the, you know, summer and fall through these lineups. And so it's not like you are coming in with five ETH buying these players and forever playing America and Asia. Like you can win European cards to help you get started for, to progress out to the other divisions as well. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we expect, so the thing is, so the card supply is always going to be down for certain leagues and certain divisions when uh, they're not running. So like once Europe's done, they've depleted a good chunk of their rewards for the year. So like, yes, I, we should still see, I say should, because who knows what Sober is going to do because they could do any wonky stuff with this. Sure. We should be seeing Lewandowski's Neymar's, et cetera, in the summer. That's how it is expected to run. That's how it should run at a lesser clip, right? Like there should be like one Lewandowski for every five Carlos Gills because sure. there's a lot more Carlos Gills to be to be given away. Um, that said, will that happen? Who knows? But yeah, like Laird said, you're, the idea is you win rewards. So like, let's say you, all of a sudden you're, you win a tier one in America and you get like a 0.4 card that's usable in America. Maybe you get a goalie, right? Like maybe you get Brad Guzon. Sure. All of a sudden Brad Guzon is totally usable to you. Or maybe you get like, insert goalie from challenger europe and you're like all right i'm just gonna sell this guy for 0.4 and focus elsewhere or you're like all right hey this is a good start to my challenger team that i'm going to be building in the coming months uh as well yeah absolutely it's it all it all can snowball if uh if these hit i'll be honest i'm surprised we got two super rares in here i am too i mean laird laird went into this and he did not think we were going to have supers he thought there was no chance we were going to get supers i think we fit them pretty easily i think we could have even added an additional one if we wanted to um, but I think it would have made our rare pool a little bit too thin if we did that. Um, someone asked earlier about doing like a two and a half ETH gallery um, it, instead as like a counter to this. We could. I think the next one would probably be uh, a higher level. The, the thing is, if we're doing a two and a half ETH gallery, we would have removed basically half the cards we bought here. Like right. This, this gallery, it just would have been, we wouldn't have played uh, rare, rare pro and we wouldn't have played like, we would have bought American team and an Asian team and just sort of like tried to combine them into a global team, or we would have just not bought one of the regions. Like we probably would have bought two goalies and we probably would have bought four. We probably would have bought one goalie and we probably would have bought like three to four defenders, three to four mids and a forward or two is what yeah. we would have done. It looks like basically one goalie and the two super rares are about an ETH. And so yeah. that gets you down to, for you know 3.99 and if you sell another goalie because if you're only going to play a common like we were fully expecting to play a common in all-star rare and we don't we don't need it 
But if you want to save the point four, like, there you go. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, because you're talking like, all right, we removed two goalies, boom, we're down to, to four. We removed both super rares, we're down to 3.5. Three and then we would probably chop off some of the, like, we would chop off for sure Matus in this situation. So we're down to three. We would probably chop off um, a mid or two. We would chop off a defender or two. So, like, the line, the, the gallery would basically be like Marcinkowski and Park Ilgu. It would be like Calvo, Lovitz, Tolo, Morishigi, Soji. It would be Santos, Parks, Osmar, Yamaguchi. And it would be like Kyoto, um, Shabilko, Silva. Something yep. like that is like oh, what yeah, it would be yeah. like those like two and a half piece gallery. But it really goes to show like how much more like the additional funds you put in really helps increase your return. Um, because like we just turned like two and a half from two and a half to five, we have significantly increased our returns on literally everything because we also improved that region. Like we improved the two we would have played and we got ourselves into two more regions that we wouldn't have been able to play at two and a half. Similarly, like if we were doing a one ETH gallery, um, I, if we were doing a one ETH gallery, we would have done one of the goalies. We would have done two or three defenders. We would have done two or three mids and we would have done one forward. Yep. Is what our one ETH, like our one ETH gallery would have looked like, let's say Kim Jin Hyun, Lovitz, Morishigi, um, Osmar Morishima, Edgar Silva. That's like what our one ETH gallery would have looked like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think just to go back to like the beginning, like, I think what we were saying is based on the time of year, like this is what we would do. And the one ETH or two and a half ETH or five ETH in terms of number of players goes a little further now. Like when, if we're buying all the European players, when they're, you know, essentially it's the equivalent of starting in September or maybe late August when they've had a few games. Um, But, and then, you know, these players these players are already cheaper and they're going to be very much cheaper in september when people are selling them off to buy the european ones but yeah the the ideas are the same like we think league stacking makes sense because it allows all of your players to usually be playing at the same time and we did that for the most part here with mls and j league but like you know we have a few of the k league guys sneaking in but we we would do the same thing in you know in europe uh, you know we probably focus on Belgium or the Netherlands or Turkey or, um, you know, any of those, we absolutely stay away from champion Europe, Yeah, uh, but we'll get to that in another time. But But yeah, I think, I think from a perspective of like, uh, I think this should be very helpful for anyone realistically with a gallery of let's say zero to 20. Uh, I think if we went, so like one ETH, we just talked about what we would do if it was a one ETH gallery, uh, two and a half, five. If it was a 10, like we said, we would add some supers, add a little bit more depth uh, so that you're prepared. When you get to 20, I think you're that's when you look at U23 rare. And then I think you also look at maybe getting some more marquee level cards. Like maybe you would get in a Cecenia or right. someone to really help you. Um, so like again, like if you guys like this, let us know. Uh, we are open to doing this in the future um, at different price points. Like I think we could have a lot of fun with a... 20 ETH gallery, a 50 ETH gallery, a 100 ETH gallery, a 500 ETH gallery. Like we could do a lot of different options like this. Um, it could be an interesting experiment. I think it's definitely obviously more interesting at this level than like as we get bigger, it's going to be like, all right, I'm going to buy Jurian Timber. I'm going right. to buy <laughs> I'm going to buy Dusan Tash. I'm going to buy Lewin Dallas. Like right. this level is a lot more interesting for the masses, I think, than uh, one of those. But we're definitely open to doing different types of galleries and at different times of the year. 
Yep. And we appreciate that like five ETH is not a nothing amount of money for a lot of people. And so it's, we just thought that five allowed us to show a level that, uh, you know, gets you into rare pro and it helps explain why we weren't going to focus on limiteds. Like if you look at all of this and this is what you can compete with in the summer, if you took that money to compete with limiteds, like you're now trying to win the best players in America and Asia uh, with only the possibility of playing limiteds. Like you can't play multiple levels because limited, you can only play limiteds and limited right now. And obviously they've shown some special weeklies to have both, you know, to, to kind of allow multiple scarcities, but they're special. And so we don't know how often they're going to happen. So sure. yeah, like Sean said, please let us know if you guys want to see like a specific, uh, budget range or um, we're, we plan on doing more of these. So the timing alone will change it significantly just because of the where, where certain seasons are. So another thing that I would be open to doing, I think you would as well is like, I would be more than happy to have people's galleries and talk through what we would do with that gallery. Um, I think that can be helpful for people like, so King Kazen quickly. Um, I, I do. So buying marquee level players is, fine the issue is if you don't have depth you're going to have injury issues and then you're not going to have players and you're essentially wasting uh the the elite level players so like a good example from your team is looking through your gallery quickly like you bought you have a kikuchi which is great obviously fantastic defender card however you have a gen soji super rare and a mura super rare with a higagushi so Using elite level players in division four is kind of wasteful as rares because or rare in the rare division, because rare division is generally relatively wasteful. So the way that you have Kikuchi set up, you cannot play him in a rare pro lineup because of uh, the super rares that you have, which is fine. Like those super rares are also great, but you want to have your stuff set out and spread out a little bit differently so that you can, um, prioritize stuff similarly like you have like a Zalarian and you have a Joao Paulo and more expensive guys in America but you don't have much support for some of the Asian guys which might be uh, a bit detrimental to you as well and then you have Carlos Vela which Laird loves and that's just frustrating to have unfortunately I, th I thought we were off of Vela for the podcast but I guess not. Yeah, I but yeah I, I'd be totally yeah we'd be, I'd definitely do that yeah if someone if someone reached out to us and like hey would you guys mind doing like a gallery review or overview like I would totally do that uh, obviously like I, I can't we can't do much if your gallery's like um one or two ETH but the, if your gallery's like in the 10 to 20 50 ETH range like it gives us something to talk about that we can go through and definitely give advice or thoughts that we have on that gallery Mm, I think we could still help on one ETH galleries just because I do, but it's more of a generic, like what you should do process. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, if you, uh, come so from, yeah, if you guys want us to uh, touch on any of those, feel free to reach out to us. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew M Laird. You can find Sean at PSU fans too. Also available in some various discords under those names. You can find me probably Lairdino as well. Uh, Sean and I will be back in like less than two hours uh, for those of you who are still watching on the stream because we have the Florian Verts unique auction watch that we are going to be live streaming with Black and Quinny. So if you guys have not killed enough time already today, while many of you are at work, feel free to kill some more time by watching with us. Uh, Sean and I will be back next week with another strategy show. It will probably not be a, a gallery building one, but um, if there's anything like that that you'd like us to touch on again feel free to reach out to us 
you guys could please hit the like button below. If you're watching on YouTube, that would be very appreciative. And for those listening to the audio version, hopefully we were able to describe enough of what's been on the screens to help you get through this gallery. I'll, I'll also tweet out this final product here uh, just so people can follow it. Maybe I'll uh, keep track of it with uh, one of our watch lists features that might be coming soon. So guys, thank you very much. And Sean, I'll talk to you next week. For sure. Have a good one.